And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So I made a video saying I hate people that can't dunk and some people took it out of context saying I hate handicapped people, my mom and dad, and short people. But that's not true. My point was that if you just train plyometrics, you can increase your vertical jump. And if you got anything holding you back from training, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to offend you. But if you don't, then I hate you if you can't dunk. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets, here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. New art in the Classic Factory as well. Looking good. Next to Tassie, it's the beard of one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! Hey, New right? cameras in the Classic Factory <laughs> well, as well. Well, I had to really crane the old Nekaruski there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of changes in the Classic Factory, and the man making it all happen... Over yonder, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. What's going on, J.D.'s? Oh, new got bells new, and whistles. Got a new camera. Nice. Got some uh, art. Baseball ended, so it was time to swap that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More basketball needed, More basketball. Sure. We might have a couple of new art items coming in. Nice. <laughs> Tell us more. Tell yeah, us nice more. Items. Uh, all I'll say is it's F1 related. We're just in the nick of time for the end of the season. <laughs> oh, I know what that I is. I actually do too. Uh, <laughs> a little bow tag. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right, awesome. It's not called no butts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Comment, like, subscribe, and thrive. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Send in your questions and comments always to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us across all the social media channels, Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. And this is big news in the athletic world. They've added two new national writers, Sabrina Merchant and Ben Pickman, who will be focusing on the WNBA and college women's basketball. They join Chantel Jennings and the rest of the athletic staff to expand the coverage of women's basketball. So we'd love to see it. Go grab yourself a TA subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks for an incredible deal, and then follow the Athletics Women's College Hoops and WNBA pages to find all their work. Welcome to the team. Welcome. Um, we got a fun one here. Got the up-down report with some great questions for you guys to debate whether you're going to put the thumbs up or thumbs down on, along with everyone playing along on the stream team. But some games recaps here. You know, a light schedule. A couple of the games at first you were like, eh, I thought, you know, it wasn't the... Wasn't the craziest looking slate of games, but we had some entertaining finishes. Absolutely. And we'll start in Boston, where Marcus Smart, he helped the Celtics beat the Thunder, who look just uh, <laughs> unstoppable for a good chunk of this game and for the last week or so, uh, as Boston wins their seventh straight game. Takeaways from this one. Seventh straight. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of quiet, and they sort of quiet, uh, quietly climb to the top of the NBA standings here with the top record. It feels right. It feels like the Milwaukee Bucks should be just behind them because the Celtics are coming in this season yeah, with the flow of last year, with that momentum, and it was clear in this game. This was a championship-level team that found some inspiration at some point in this game because, yeah, the Thunder are playing well. 
I will say I'm sure there are some teams that aren't taking the Thunder all that seriously, mm-hmm. even still, even though the Thunder are freaking fantastic. And then in the third quarter, the the Celtics just needed something. So the guys came off the bench, Peyton Pritchard yep. and Derek White specifically, and started pressing the Thunder. They started getting up all up in the Thunder, and the ball started being turned over because the Celtics just weren't shooting all that well, but they just started turning over the ball, and it went into the fourth quarter, and Marcus Smart started doing it as well. I mean, the turnovers were ridiculous. Smart move by Celtics coach Joe Mazzulla to say, hey, it was on the players. It was on Peyton Pritchard, who's always ready, and Derek White, who made that decision. It wasn't me. I like that. I like that humility. And the Thunder had 13 turnovers over uh, a 12-minute span between the middle of the third and the middle of the fourth. Uh, and that's the difference, I think, if you watch this this Thunder team. Saturday we talked about 145 points against the Knicks, uh, allowing 43 in the second quarter. Did the Knicks come out firing the third? No, but a championship team like the Celtics did in mm-hmm. terms of playing D. And, yeah, going back to the Knicks game, we we played the clip for you of Walty, Wally Zerbiak saying, oh, Josh Giddy doing whatever he wants in the lane. Giddy, 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 giddy. Uh, and this, in this game, he was doing whatever he wanted. He was getting in the lane against the Celtics defense. That has been struggling this season. Uh, but then they turned him over. He had seven turnovers in the second half or throughout the game when they decided to, to turn it up a little bit. So this was just a championship-type victory where mm-hmm. – the shots were falling. There's some odd possessions. It kind of looked like the beginning of the season last year to me. Uh, but Marcus Smart shut everybody up last year. This guy is the point guard for a team that went to the NBA Finals, and he shut up everybody yesterday. I thought he was a phenomenal in that fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. He came through with the big-time clutch shots. He hit a deep two. His, his toes were on the line in the corner there to extend Boston's lead to three with about three minutes to go. Then after OKC tied it back up, Smart drilled a huge three-pointer. Uh, with about two minutes left, sort of a lucky play where Tatum was spinning and lost the ball, and it went right to Smart, but he was ready, and he knocked down that three. And then 40 seconds left, he delivered the dagger, basically, where he spun on SGA, got into the lane, finished a tough left-hand layup, and that put the Celtics up five. So his final line, 22 points, eight assists, five boards, and a block. Um, He was pretty instrumental in this victory, along with Tatum and Brown getting their points and Pritchard and Derek White helping, but Smart was sort of the hero in this game, TK. Ten points in the fourth quarter, four of four from the field, four assists. He was literally everywhere, and shout-out to Jason Tatum and Joe Mazzulla for kind of letting Marcus Smart cook, right? Like, on a night when he has the shot going, you should probably let him shoot as many times as he wants to because he is a streaky player, which can be bad when he's off, Mm -hmm. but it's great news when he's on. I thought this was a flip-the-switch kind of victory, though for the Celtics, one of the first games that they won strictly by playing defense, and it really was. Pritchard, to me, was the game changer. He came in, and from that point on, the Celtics forced 15 turnovers in the last, or, sorry, 12 turnovers in the last 18 minutes of the game, 15 points off those turnovers, nine on fast breaks. The Celtics aren't always a great offensive team in the half court, but when you're able to get runouts like that, it really, really changes things. So I thought that was just great stuff from the Celtics to, you know, finally win a game with their defense here, which is kind of what we were used to at the end of last season. Yeah, it's nice to have a third point guard that comes in and gives everything he's got because he's lost his spot with Malcolm Brogdon uh, being the backup point guard along with Derek White sort of being that secondary shooting guard. He doesn't necessarily play, but with Malcolm Brogdon out, he got lots of time, Mm -hmm. and that's... That's that's a great locker room when you got number uh, number three on the point guard depth chart or you know fourteenth on the chart depth chart come in and really change the game. He really gave them uh, a victory along with Derek White and yeah, Marcus Smart just went off and apparently Blake Griffin, another guy who's deep on the bench, DNP, got in Marcus Smart's ear and said, "Just keep shooting, man. Keep shooting. These right. are the games that we need you to just uh, fire away because everything was clanking. It was it was an odd game watching them uh, offensively, but then Smart, yeah, the Smart, the Smart heat checks are they're fun." <laughs> They're fun when, when, when they happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And is this uh, fair to say, like, this is like a 
a good win for the Thunder. It was a back-to-back situation. They're, good loss. they're putting up a good loss. Thank you. Uh, putting up a fight, of course, against a very talented Celtics team. They were in it. They were dominating this game for a good chunk of it. Um, but they, you know, lose in the end. But you know, who cares? SGA pretty, pretty special. Giddy had moments. Dort had a decent game. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. I think there's so many contributors on that side. You know, Aaron Wiggins playing defense. All their Williamses out there playing. <laughs> uh, Pokashevsky looks like yeah. an NBA player out yeah. there, just getting after it on the offensive glass. I think it's fair to say I'm I'm okay with those those terms. Yeah, a moral victory. Yeah, I'm fine with it for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they should go get two more Williams to add to the to do the uh, all, all five? five? I mean, I guess they'd have to make a move for Time Lord. <laughs> I mean, Williams has got to be one of the easiest names to find in the NBA. Hey. I would have to imagine. Didn't the New Jersey Nets have five Williams at one point? Like, no. early five? in the 2010s? Wow. It wasn't five. They had... They had Darren. Yeah. They had Sean with an E. Yeah. Well, they had uh, Marcus. Marcus, yeah. Earlier, uh, earlier they had... I was trying to think of that famous Lots of Williams team from I think back you in may, the days. You may, be think, you may be combining even earlier era when they had Aaron Williams... Center, six nine center, and then they had Eric, Eric Williams, Williams for yeah. a quick quick time. Both those guys <laughs> traded for Vince Carter. What a mistake! Terrence but, Williams. They had Terrence Williams. That's another Williams that was in the mix. Jesus. They didn't have an all five e did they? I, I don't know. Not don't at know. once. There, there was think. a team that had a, a sick amount of. Okay, here you go. Four Williamses Four? here, okay. right here on the New Jersey Nets 2011-12. Somebody's got to break the record. Yeah. <laughs> go for all five. So what four were on that team? Darren, Jordan, Sean, and Sheldon. <laughs> oh, my God. Sheldon. Sheldon. I don't remember Sheldon Williams on the New Jersey Nets, but oh. cool. Okay. <laughs> well, they could do it. If you want to, Presti, go make some uh, history here. Go get a couple more Williams Lou. on the Lou's roster. available. Lou, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's a, He's a free agent. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Pick him up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, fun, fun game. Go check the highlights, uh, Thunder Celtics. Let's keep it going here. Bam Adebayo scores 30 as the Heat storm back. To stun the Suns, 113-112, a uh, huge play at the end of this game with Jimmy Butler just locking up <laughs> Devin Booker's jump shot. That was cool. Like That was that a was cool amazing. moment. A blocked mid-range jumper. That was, awesome. that was very weird. And totally clean. Like, uh, not totally a foul clean. at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he almost like, I feel like Booker could have got the shot away. He held on to it too long and gave Jimmy a chance uh, yeah. to actually get his hand on it. But that's kind of how I figured out that... Uh, Young people are calling defense clamps these days, huh? Mm. That seemed to be the number one thing going around. Jimmy clamps Devin Booker. I I love to see him clamping each other. Uh, But Bam was the guy to me. This was the best Bam game I've seen yet this season. He was so aggressive in transition. He had eight fast break points. He had a couple of just miracle and ones. where I mean, he shot the ball basically over the backboard, and it somehow swishes in. Uh, But I thought he did such a good job helping Miami really control the pace out there and just – Certainly, the Heat took advantage of no Chris Paul. It wasn't a high turnover game for the Suns, but having Chris Paul out there as your floor general and keeping things calm certainly would have helped. But man, when you get the Bam who is putting the ball on the floor, trying to get to the hoop and just living in the lane, it is so much better for the Heat. He was uh, he was the difference after that wild Devin Booker three about a minute yep. twenty left, which was beautiful to give the Suns the lead. The Heat ran an ugly play, and we know Heat half-court offense can be ugly. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry didn't get them into a good set. He kind of threw it up, and Bam Adebayo, he bailed out the team with a put-back dunk. Earlier on, he had that amazing, amazing coast-to-coast. I'm pretty sure it was coast-to-coast where he brought it up, and Devin Booker went for the swipe. Bam Adebayo 
got the spin move going for a huge guy at the three-point line, the spin, and then another and one. Uh, he had it all going. Uh, he is he, – I know we'll get to uh, the Yanish quote a little bit later on of guys he would pick international versus U.S. Mm-hmm. team, and he had uh, Bam on the uh, the U.S. team. He is just – I bring that up because he's, he is often overlooked, not by a guy like Yanis who has to go play him uh, go up against him, but uh, by a lot of people, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you, you see you see the whole package sometimes, and he he does have it. it. The half court sets with the Heat are the problem, and if Bam can be a little bit more, put it on the floor, make things happen, run it through him, which should happen, then they'll be great. He's can do it, but uh, you don't see it often enough. So sometimes these Heat games are ugly. But Jimmy saving the day, uh, come on, that, that was, was amazing. Awesome. I loved it too because the Phoenix had basically well like. Two and a half, if you want to call it that, but three shots to win on this final possession. Because campaign, he attacked, he got inside, he misses the layup, Aiton grabs the rebound, and then gives it to Booker. And then there's this great like reset in the arena where everyone's like, "Okay, one point game. Booker's got the ball here. We're not calling a timeout. I don't even know if they had one to call." And uh, Butler obviously on him, and it's like, "All right, one on one. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens." And uh, just incredibly played, just shutting him down at the right elbow. But then he blocks him. Booker has, like, the wherewithal to grab the ball and, you know, took a wild shot. He had just hit one about 90 seconds prior. Um, it wasn't that far off. You know Devin Booker can hit that type of shot. But Butler was right there still challenging. So three chances at the end. Yeah, is it a little different if Chris Paul is in there maybe running it instead of campaign? Possibly. They should have won this game, though. I mean, they were up, like, was it 12 or 13 points with about six minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And then that the Heat went on this crazy, crazy run. But really, really fun ending. And, again, the clamps, the lockdown, the shutdown, the uh, elimination, the uh, – I'm trying to think of other words we can describe Jimmy Butler blocking Booker there. So good. Yeah, I mean, so of course good. they're hating in this stream team. What are they hating on? I said, oh, kids are saying clamps these days. They said, we've been saying clamps forever. <laughs> All I'm saying is we used to say lockdown, man. We used to lock people down, okay? A lock is much more secure than a clamp. Hate That's to go- true. Yeah, it's 100% true. Yeah. You can take a clamp off very easily. Yeah. You need a key or a combination to take off a lock. Pierre says vice grips better than clamps, too. Yeah, true. I hate to go all English, but what's changed is that it's gone from a noun to a verb. Like, he clamps him. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Clam- yeah, yeah. It used to be clamps. That's true. Like, he's got the clamps on him. Now he clamps him <laughs> down. Now that's different. Mm. So, anyways, to see Jimmy Butler just jump into Devin Booker's body at the exact right time to just, you know, put, give Devin Booker just a, a tiny bit of pushback. That was, that was amazing. One-on-one defense. No one around. That was amazing. That was cool. It, it was. was. That was very cool. It was. He is, he is phen- phenomenal, Jimmy Butler, at, like, staying as close as possible to a guy on a, on a three-point attempt or on a jumper like we saw last night and not foul. Like, he – I don't know if it's his, like, core strength or whatever it is or all those Mikelo Boltras he's taken down on the, on the plane or what, but uh, it's like – he's like – it's just like the, to stop his momentum to going into the shooter. It's very difficult to do, and obviously that's just to go sort of straight up but be like a, an inch from him, which he was last night. So, hell of a play. Uh, moving on here. Hunter and Young lead the Hawks. Ka-ka! Pass – Giannis, who did play, and the Bucks, 121-106. Atlanta has now beaten Milwaukee twice here. Now, no Middleton still, no Drew Holiday in this one, uh, but a good win here from Atlanta. I thought, uh, you know, everybody contributing for this team. Yeah, first time they beat him in Milwaukee in a long time, right. so good for them on that front. This was didn't feel like a Hawks win because it was a wire-to-wire win, essentially. This was uh, mm-hmm. a game they won all, fourth qu- all four quarters, 
and everyone just playing well. The rotation's nice. Clint Capella looking like a monster. Uh, I, I loved A.J. Griffin coming off the bench uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. We'll get to a, a Boyan Bogdanovich trade rumor a little later on. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich has got to be in some trade rumors because it feels like A.J. Griffin is... He's a 19-year-old playing like a 48-year-old. He just knows what he's doing. <laughs> he and got minutes last night, you're right. 17 he, minutes and uh, Justin Holiday DMPCD there from uh, Nate McMillan. Yeah, I don't see Bogdan Bogdanovich getting his option picked up for next year. It doesn't really make sense with how much money they're putting into DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, obviously Trey. You got to sign DeJounte Murray. You just gave him mm-hmm. gave up a billion picks for him. So it doesn't make sense, I don't think, Bogdan Bogdanovich to come back. When you've got A.J. Griffin, who a 19-year-old looked like that, uh, I think was uh, – it was phenomenal. You got some some good Aaron Holiday minutes. Just the rotation. It just doesn't feel like a Hawks win when it's that steady. That was that was I think their best win. <laughs> yeah, of the usually because it feels like you need Trey Young to go for forty or something yeah. like that, and he hasn't had to in twenty one and nine. But Capella looked awesome last night. That he was did. one of the best games I've seen from him this year. Uh, Nineteen and nine, fantastic interior defense. Uh, you know he's done a great job against the Bucks when he's like when he's healthy and engaged and he just knows what to play his part on this team. Uh, they're pretty solid. And Hunter got to the line a ton and shoot great. the ball out well from the floor. Career uh, high ten but, free throws. Right, that right. Was a lot of free throws. Twenty four points overall. And Giannis, I mean, talked about it after the game, a little rusty. You know, he came back after missing some time here. Eight of twenty one. He missed all of his threes. Sort of struggled at the free throw line even. Um, and so maybe that's just all it was, just uh, rounding back into uh, to form here. But good Hawks win. TK. And they're, they're, they're playing solid here. This is, it's oddly working. Don't look what? now, Skeets. Do not look now because I think it'll change, but the Hawks' defense is up to sixth right now. Jesus. They beat the Bucks twice and the Sixers once in a week. They forced a ton of turnovers, and that's the way they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to be like the Timberwolves from last season, just getting in passing lanes and hoping Capella can help hold up. He's definitely seems to have turned the corner a little bit here. He's been playing pretty well over the last week and a half or so. But the Bucks' offense is just struggling big time without Middleton and Holiday. They turn the ball over all the time right now. I think part of the reason Giannis is he had a ton of turnovers and, you know, the shooting is tougher because there's nobody setting him up. He's not necessarily the guy that you want bringing the ball to court and trying to go about scoring. They're playing Javon Carter, not a huge offensive player. Marjan Bochamp, a rookie, so understandable. But the offense really is struggling right now. They're going to have to get one of these guards back eventually. And then once they do, the Bucks will look like the Bucks again. But, man, that's a great win for the Hawks. They didn't shoot the ball super well. No. It was more of a defensive win against a really good team, even though Milwaukee is certainly struggling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a crazy sort of cherry-picked stat here, but it caught me by surprise. Uh, Justin Kubaku of uh, Statitudes. Young and Murray have each recorded at least 300 points and 100 assists this season. So they're backcourt duo. First duo in NBA history to reach those marks through the team's first 14 games. That's obviously the hand-picked <laughs> part, but, like, that caught me by surprise. It is working really well, this Trey Young and Murray backcourt, despite Trey Young not having a really good season, as far as he's concerned. And Murray's been, I think, really solid, and they, he's been doing what they were hoping he was going to, which was give him a little bit more of a defensive identity and still operating both on and off the ball. But, I mean, the wins are there. They're playing defense, like Trey said. And, and I think Young's going to ha- – he's going to have a stretch where he goes off for like two and a half weeks. You know that's coming. Mm-hmm. So this is really good for Atlanta. Yeah, is it as simple as Trey doesn't dominate the ball as much and everybody benefits, everybody benefits even offensively and defensively where everybody's sort of more involved, the, everybody touches, the feet are working on the offensive end and the defensive end. It sure feels that way, and Trey is still getting used to the whole thing, but the wins are what everybody wants – 
uh, on the, in that or in that room, and and that's what Trey wants as well. So nine and five to be sitting there, yeah, everybody's got to be super duper happy. It was obviously a shorthanded Bucks team, but mm-hmm. I think it was their best win of the season uh, to to be able to handle them that way. Yeah, it's unfortunate we only got two of the three holidays, but yeah, Drew would definitely reduce. Uh, actually, no, we didn't have two or three holidays because Justin didn't play. No, he didn't that's play. True. He was there. He was on the bench. Uh, but uh, he would reduce, yeah, all the turnovers. Plus, Pat Connaughton wasn't playing. Plus, Wesley Matthews went out. Plus, Grayson Allen went out in this game. So, yeah, the the Bucks sitting at ten and three. They they they're fine. They're totally Speaking fine. Speaking of shorthanded, let's get to the Raptors Pistons game. Hmm. Raps without Siakam, without Van Vliet, without Gary Trent Jr. They lose Otto Porter Jr. There's no Precious Achua. Should have thrown him in there. Uh, no Kate Cunningham for the Pistons. So a lot of guys missing in this one. But the Raptors, they finally snap a six-game losing streak to the Pistons. They win the KC Cup <laughs> in Detroit with a bunch of Raptors fans in attendance. And they were led uh, tasked by Delano Banton and Chris Boucher, who were the stars for the Raps in this one. I can't get over how well Raptors fans travel. I'll never get over it. <laughs> I know it's not It's cheaper far. for them to go to the games in Detroit than it probably is for them to go to a game in Toronto. You are 100% right. right. That is totally okay. true. It's The prices are high in uh, Toronto, but uh, I'm not sure about the Pistons prices, but I assume they're lower. I assume they're lower. I assume yeah. they're lower. It's a quick four-hour drive. It's all about the the stop at the border. How long does that take you to <laughs> get right. across right. the border? Right. But, yeah, it's super close. Uh, and Delano Benton, it felt like he had home court fans out there cheering him on. Uh, that was his best game as a Toronto Raptor. Second-round oh pick yeah. just last year. Here he is, year number two. What position does he play? Quite often, Nick Nurse has been pushing him to be a point guard, and he got minutes, you know, with the Raptors 905 to be that point guard. He feels so much better coming off the ball when he doesn't have to do as much stuff. He can, he can, you know, make plays within the half court. He can obviously make plays in transition. Mm-hmm. But I just look at him as, as a guy coming off the off the ball, off pins, and. Hitting shots. But you have to be phenomenal. able to hit shots if you're yeah. going to be off the ball, and that's where he has struggled he has. in his NBA career, but not last night. This was the best he shot the ball. 27 points, four boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks, and hit some threes. Yeah. Um, this was by far his best game as a pro. I feel like those, it's easier to just make shots when you don't have to handle the ball. You don't have that much pressure running an NBA yeah. offense, and, and I think it's just simplified for him to be able to do that. I had some flashbacks of Zach Levine in 2014-2015 when he was a rook, and they were trying to push him as the point guard. Sam Mitchell said, you're a point guard, and it just didn't go well at all. Some guys are just better off the ball, and you're right. He has to make shots to be able to have that label of being a wing and and not just being a creator, but it's like a positionless basketball with the reps. Nick Nurse wants everybody to do everything, essentially, and in this instance, yeah, we we saw Delano Banton just – yeah, he, he caught fire, essentially. Yeah. That was a, an amazing game for him. Yeah, this was a guys being dudes win. 11 Raptors played. Uh, these injuries that they have uh, to three of their top six at this point might unearth somebody because Boucher, I thought, was incredible. He's been, He's been good ever since he had a stinker not too long ago, had a two-point game, then 20, 19, and 20. 
he needs to play well from off the bench for them to have a bench, really. Wancho, I thought, had an impact on the yeah. class and kind of flying around. And Malachi Flynn was scoring. And now there's a guy named Jeff that plays for the Rams. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Downton Jr. Yeah. What? Downton Abbey. <laughs> Jeff Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Hey, hey Nurse put him in late in the game to, like, get a defensive <laughs> yeah. stop on Ivy, who was cooking. I mean, Flynn hit some threes, but he gives everything back on the other hand. Guy can't stop anybody. But, holy crap, for Nurse to put Downton Jr. in and say, all right, stay in front of him. And he blocked his ass. Uh, and then somehow popped the ball back in and kept it in. That was like the huge defensive play. They were up three, so who knows? You know what had to have been an and one because Ivy was was uh, playing really well down the stretch, like going downhill. He's unstoppable, but uh, a hell of a call from Nurse. He, this was a classic Nick Nurse game where he's like, I'm trying lineups we've never even thought of before. We're going to give this guy, we're going to put him off the ball. We're going to operate with Thad Young like he's Marcus Gasol 2.0. At the top, you cut back door, he'll find you. Uh, and they got it done. And they never win in Detroit. They never beat Casey in the Pistons, despite who's playing. Uh, but... That was a that was a good Raps win. They needed it too. Let's be honest. Like after dropping two in a row to the Thunder and the Pacers, yeah, you got all these guys in the lineup, but you got to get a W here against a team in the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. Yeah, everybody's a 500 team seemingly in the NBA. The Raps should be better than 500 teams, so they pulled one game away from 500 in, in this one. It was clear to me that Scotty Barnes isn't 100. percent I know we're all we're all, we talk about Scotty all the time, setting up the offense. That was all on OG Ananobi, and his offensive game suffered because of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, His shooting suffered because of it. Then they gave it to Thad with some amazing plays. As you said, Marcus Ole 2.0. You get in the high post, that beautiful pass to Wancho. The give and go from Wancho. That was uh, Bo cruising in the lane there. That was amazing. (laughs) Uh, And... uh, I, I just back to Scotty. I think he's got some some banged up. Some either, yep. I think he's not 100 percent watching him out there. But the raps are not 100 percent. And uh, you're right. Nick Nurse felt he was probably back in uh, the BBL, the British Basketball League, just making things. <laughs> uh, the Pistons debuted their green jerseys, designed to pay tribute to the uh, I guess the mats on the walls of the gym at uh, Saint Cecilia's Church in Detroit, a famous uh, famous church slash gym uh, that started in the 60s. What do you think of the look? Uh, or those uh, City Edition jerseys in general? I thought they looked like the Dallas Mavericks. They do, they do, but I really like them. Yeah, That's I like the, the Mavericks ones. Yeah, I like the <laughs> I like the the little three stars above the the D there in Detroit. Like, I guess they they went with the more blue court around the edges of the floor. Mm. Um, Mavericks like, no doubt. Yep. I saw people comparing it to Vernon's ginger ale last night too. <laughs> Or Schweppes. Classic. I mean, you know, it, does have a it does. Look. It really yeah, does. The dark green with the kind but of But I like it. I do like it, but yeah, it's not the yeah. normal colors is the thing. I'm with you. Yeah, looking at them, I kind of like I them. I like them, yeah. But it is weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, listen, we talked about some teams going way away. We talked about the Washington Wizards. Wearing pink. That ain't part of their right. color, color palette. But the issue I think Trey's bringing up is yeah. like, there's not another team really wearing pink. That's true. So it's like this green is very similar to greens that are already uh, in the NBA. That's the one part. That's 100% true. But I like them. But, but it gives the opportunity for the broadcasters to say St. Cecilia in different towns around Detroit. Sure. Which Apparently is somebody fun. met Magic Johnson there. I heard that on the broadcast. <laughs> uh, this guy did. <laughs> Don't know who it was. I think, I think it was uh, <laughs> yeah, it Kessler. Was Pistons color yeah, commentator. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I didn't hear yeah. that. There's, there's another Williams yeah. on the Raptors broadcast. Elvin oh, Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Sign him up. Yeah. Um, all right. So, fun win there from the Raps. Uh, three other games. I'm going to chuck them at you because they were all sort of uh, of the blowout variety. Hornets stopped an eight-game slide. 
with the 112-105 win against the Magic. LaMelo Ball playing all right in that one. Paul George scored 22 uh, to lead the Clippers to a 122-106 to blowout win over the Rockets. I'm not even sure he had to play in the fourth quarter. And uh, Jordan Poole scored 36 on bobblehead night. They're still doing bobbleheads. It's still a thing. That blew my mind. I was like, all right. Yeah, Trey uh, got mad at me that I didn't get him. Uh, who was it? Acuna. Acuna, Acuna bobblehead. Oh, man. A couple that's months right. ago. Yeah, the baseball game. Uh, anyway, the Warriors just crushed the Spurs. Like, that's, uh, look, they're dominant at home. They can't win on the road. But uh, Jordan Poole on bobblehead night, big, big win. Any thoughts on uh, on those three? It was a pool bobblehead night. Can it I was. confirm? Okay. Yeah, it was a pool party bobblehead night. Here it is. Hey. Uh, we have the picture. Uh, unfortunately sponsored by... Uh, FTX. <laughs> FTX. I think there. it's their last promotional activity I yeah. saw in the tweet streets. I think they should have just like snapped that little part off there. But uh, anyway, yeah, pretty special. Uh, look at like a... Is he doing a cannonball? Yeah, I think he is, Trey. TK, you gotta okay, get like this. Now. Yeah. Oh, a big bobblehead guy. Until oh, yeah. you said that, I didn't notice he was <laughs> yeah, doing same. a cannonball. Legs tucked, yep. for sure. Yep. Okay, that's funny. So, anyway, he dominated on the, on his bobblehead night. But what are any and thoughts? He, and he started on his bobblehead night a lot of times yeah. with these bobblehead promotions <laughs> a guy's in the minor league uh, uh, i'm going baseball ian anderson had one with the braves what? he was in the minor why? leagues why would he have one he was a key player to the world series victory <laughs> okay. this season right. before. Right. but some, a lot of the times the guy's hurt right yeah we had yeah, yeah. in heritage night the other night <laughs> yeah, yeah. and chris saps didn't play jordan pool bertons yeah or berton jordan pool went into the starting lineup and balled and with this 36-point game. I think the key uh, that I take away from that game is James Wiseman is going to the G League. Mm, yeah. There, and uh, will be uh, working on his trade down there. And he's got a guy in Jordan Poole to say to him, hey, this isn't a demotion. I was there. I got better. I came back up. And they're going to be running a lot of, uh, hey, you get the ball up top in your Draymond Green sort of role and, and find guys type of roles instead of just the pick and rolls that you uh, like to eat on. Uh, that That's James Wiseman's game, so he's got to expand his game. So that, that's the, what I take You think from, that move is that to one. build his confidence up more than anything? Uh, yeah. Because these guys at his roles. level should go down there and dominate. Yeah. Like Delano Banton dominates the G yeah. League when he plays down there. Everybody do. does. And learn yeah. the plays and get every shot he wants 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Wiseman going to the G League or any uh, of those games? I think it's smart because Steve Kerr has said just recently, like, these young guys need a chance to make mistakes, and we're a team that can't afford to have guys yeah. out here making mistakes right now. So certainly Wiseman needs to go and step his game up a little bit in the G League. I will say it will be concerning if he does not dominate in the G League. Yes. If that is not the case, then this could be an experiment that goes poorly because I think part of it is probably beefing up his trade value a little bit as well in case the Lakers – or the Lakers. The Warriors want to make some sort of move uh, come trade deadline time. So it'll be interesting to see if he – what kind of stuff he does because I don't know if he's a passer from the high post – haven't seen that at all in his game so far. So if they're putting him in the Draymond role, seems strange to me. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. He's got some game, but we'll, we'll see yeah, what he can expand on. You know, on the uh, uh, the bench side, like he will be a, a roller when he comes back. But he's got to be able to pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the Warriors we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the up-down report with some great questions. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, back in the Classic Factory. Drop your smart sorbs in the stream <laughs> team. You guys feeling restored, though? Ready? Yeah. Good? Let's do the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down report. Yeah! The up-down report. I'm going to throw something at you guys. You're going to tell me whether you're up on it or down on it. First one, this is a fun one on a recent episode of How Hungry Are You? Remember that show, Serge Ibaka? His YouTube series? Well, he had Giannis on, had his teammate on, uh, and asked him to name his starting fives consisting of international players and then American players. Here's who the freak went with internationally. Point guard, Luca, Shooting guard, Evan Fournier. Okay. Uh, small forward, Giannis himself. Power forward, Jokic. And center, Embiid. A big, big team. Uh, the USA team that uh, Giannis named. Uh, point guard, Steph Curry. Shooting guard, Clay Thompson. Small forward, LeBron. Power forward, Durant. And at center, as Tass mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, Bam Adebayo at the center position for Team USA. So my question off of this one for you guys... And for everybody in the stream team, everybody listening later, up or down on Giannis's shooting guard selections with Fournier and Clay Thompson as his two guys. <laughs> Trey, you go first. Up or down? Uh, I'm going to go down. Okay. But I'm also going to kind of go up because maybe, I don't know, two very funny choices. It's very funny to me that like Giannis will not put James Harden on this team. Is he still holding on to the beef of when James Harden said all he does is run and dunk? He's seven feet tall. Running and dunking is awesome, but I mean, there are so many other choices for yeah. Clay Thompson as well, I think. Uh, but, you know, Clay's got four titles. So, understandable. Evan Fournier, the floating meringue of the NBA, <laughs> <laughs> as the shooting guard for the international team, is pretty funny. But for an international shooting guard, who else yeah. are you picking? Do you have any? Shea, maybe? Shea. Jamal Murray, oh, gonna... maybe? Though they kind of yeah. like yeah. straddle the line between point guard and shooting guard. But I guess Luka does as well. So, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely the hardest one to pick, international shooting guard, finding the right player there. But uh, <laughs> Evan Fortier is a hilarious <laughs> choice. Yeah. Well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. This was probably recorded before Shea Gildas Alexander had an incredible run oh, you think so? I, I think mm. so as well. Yeah, because there was a clip a couple weeks ago, I think, at least a week ago, where from this uh, same YouTube short, what is it called? The YouTube How video. Hungry are you? How yeah, hungry yeah. are you? Yeah. yeah. Where uh, Serge asked him, "Are you going to play for Giannis? Or are you going to play for the Bucks?" <laughs> I can't talk. Before, are you going to play for the Raptors <laughs> before your career yeah, right, is over? Right, right. And Giannis just put his head in his hands and said, "Why are you doing this to me, man?" Because he didn't want to be asked that. Just uh, feed me some bull penis, man. Stop <laughs> asking me questions about the Raptors. Yeah. That's a reference that will make sense to some of you. Yeah. Clip it. Clip it. Clip it. No dunks on a contract. No dunks. No OC. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, this was before Shea Gilgis Alexander went off. Okay. So okay. Getty, and also. I think Evan he forgets Fournier. Canadian players are international, yeah. too. People That's do true. that. Yeah. Well, just, he may not even think Shea Gilgis Alexander is Canadian. Let's get. Let's get. <laughs> let's be true. honest here. But Evan Fournier. He can cook an international sure, ball. Sure, he can cook sure. an international ball. Did you see what he did to USA <laughs> in the 2019 World Cup in the quarterfinals? Right, he took right. them 
out. So maybe he's galaxy brain. You're going to go at Evan Fournier because you don't think he's a good defensive <laughs> player, but this guy can eat you. When he puts France on his jersey, on the front of his jersey, he's a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, Clay, yeah, there's so many options. Devin Booker would yeah. have to be in the mix. Does you can even ta- go Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Does Tatum count, I guess? He's yeah, Tatum, 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 Tatum. Anybody. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Clay's a respect pick. He's a respect. Yeah, he's respectful. It's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about when he did this. That's fair. That was a while back, I think. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Our next one. Moving on here. Uh, HBO has released the first trailer for Shaq. That's all caps locked. Uh, A four-part docuseries on the NBA Hall of Famer's life and career. It releases November 23rd, so it's coming up. Here's a short clip. I want to be known as one of the greats. Meet Shaquille O'Neal. What's up, baby? My mama always used to say, Something special about that one. Take you back, 13 years old, 6'9". There was a guy who says, You're 6'9", and you can't dunk. I give him the beat down of his life. When a father's quizzing his son on great big men of the game, hopefully Shaquille O'Neal's name would be in the answer. All right, so that was a very small taste of, uh, I believe, the two-and-a-half-minute uh, trailer for this docuseries. Are you up or down on the upcoming four-part Shaq docuseries on of HBO? Of course I'm up. It's Shaquille O'Neal. I had uh, flashbacks of Shaq coming into our studio mm-hmm. in Studio V, this little studio. He didn't have to come in there. He didn't have to do what we asked him to do, but J.D. was directing him to essentially sing this dumb wedgie song <laughs> yeah. that we asked him to do, and he destroyed it. And I, I say that because... You think we're in the dock? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not a chance, but uh, I just think he's going to bring it. You know, even even testimonies, we saw him sitting in that chair. When he's being interviewed, I think he'll he'll bring that. Like, he, just get the prompter off him. That's why I actually saw the, the, the clip of him doing the uh, the Hall of Fame speech where he's reading a prompter. That ain't Shaq. Right, right, right. Get that. Get out of there. Unfiltered. Too much prompter. <laughs> Too much prompter. Maybe a point. Maybe a point about dads interviewing their best. But he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been reading. Going back. Now I'm now I'm producing his Hall of Fame speech. But anyways. Uh, Do you I think, think we're going to learn anything new from this, though? In all honesty. I feel like we know a lot about Shaquille O'Neal. Like, anything from this trailer I saw... I was like, yeah, we knew that. We knew about Sergeant Harrison. You know, we knew about his coming up and all that. Like, I'm just curious. Will we get anything new? And does that matter to you, TK? Um, it doesn't totally matter to me. Because okay. I'm actually up on this as well. Because it's Shaq. Yeah. Uh, and will we learn anything new? Maybe not, but we're old, you know? Young people will learn things new about Shaq. Because That's they think he's just a guy who sits on the desk and says, you got to go out there and dominate. You know why he says that? Because Shaq went out there yeah. and dominated. Yeah, like, yeah. that's going to be the thing. Is this going to bring back post-up basketball? Let's hope so. Oh. Um, <laughs> I did like the line where he's like, yeah, I was I was that tall. I just want to be rich. So yeah. maybe we will learn some things about yeah. Shaq. I'm actually kind of interested in the business right. side of things that we'll get into. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've said a million times, not everything in sports needs a documentary. Shaq does. Yeah. Shaq yeah. deserves it, for oh, sure. 100%. Yeah, the business aspect is interesting because, as Wade said in the doc, as Rick Fox and his hair said in the doc, <laughs> uh, he said that Shaq told them that don't just you know be a spokesman. Own the brand. Be the yeah, brand. Yeah, yeah. Be the general. You know, have a, <laughs> have a piece of the brand. Own the printer. <laughs> yeah, so. Own the pizza store. Print, what does he print? He's got a printer. For sure. I've seen the commercials. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he's got one. Yeah. Tell you that. And he never said that to us at Turner. I think it's but an Epson. 
I think so. So, so there's a, if, if, if he is an Epson, <laughs> if he's a spokesman for Epson, then he owns oh, a part of Epson because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not dumb. No. He's smart, and that's you know. Am I right? He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got it. He's got an Epson. Yeah. yeah. So he's and he's his face is all over. But as he told other NBA players, don't just lend your face out there. Negotiate and be a part of the brand. That's smart advice. Hell yeah. And so I would like to hear about that. I think as far as business people and that were NBA players. Who is better? Obviously, Jordan destroyed it, but this is different. Like he, he's a brand of like we just named five different guys. Like he put his fingers in everything. I think it's that the business part's going to be super interesting, and even the basketball part. I think. Oh, just be. watching Shaq highlights. Oh, sign us up. Yeah, I can't wait to see like thirteen-year-old Shaq playing against other thirteen-year-olds. Yeah. That's going to be old Shaq is going to be hilarious to see. Yeah, hopefully old there's some Shaq. clips yeah. because he, like he said in the. Uh, in the trailer here, somebody told him he was overrated, and he said, I'm going to punch you in the face. And when Shaq says that, <laughs> oh he's really going to punch somebody in the face, especially because it's the 90s. So hopefully there's some footage of some punching in the face. <laughs> because I think there's there's potential there. I don't think we know everything. And the, the I want to be rich stuff, we don't know the TJ stuff. Like There's 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 good stuff in there. There's no Kobe stuff, which I thought was unfortunate. But maybe he's not touching that whatsoever. Well, Just, in the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah, but that, I, I you've got to imagine there's some. Kobe-related stuff. Oh, who, I knows? Don't know. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Four parts, though. There's a lot to fill there. I assume it's basically four hours long. So yeah. that's coming soon, that's November true. 23rd. Well, what are we doing? Are we just going to sprinkle it into our shows the day after uh, those episodes air? Or are we doing a full-on film session for the Shaq docuseries? That's a tough one. I could see maybe doing a full-on film session for, for... the entirety okay. of it. Okay. Or a sprinkle. I guess we'll see how they go. All right. Yeah. Let's see what the buzz is. Yeah, let's see these. what the buzz is. The Shaq buzz. Okay. Uh, only Epson. As people are saying. This guy uh, loves printing. Oh, yeah. He just loves it. Everybody knows that about Shaq. <laughs> He's got to print all those insurance documents from the general. The guy's always on his yeah, ass. Always, always filing paperwork. <laughs> oh, man. We, we're still printing insurance cards. I'm so done with oh, it. Oh, you're right. You're oh, right. I got nap dog. Do you have a printer in your head? You do. Uh, you definitely I do. do. It's a good investment. It is. I mean, it's the number one, like... When you don't have a printer, it's the biggest pain in the ass. Yes, yes. Because you gotta hope you know somebody that you can then send it to, and then you gotta go pick it up, or you've actually gotta go to like, do they even have print shops still? I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Business centers and stuff. Kinkos. Yeah. Yeah. Office Uh, Depot. That's the, unfortunately, we do need printers. <laughs> That's the problem. We still need printers. We shouldn't need printers at this point. Right. But we still do. All right. Why hasn't somebody done like a 3D print of Shaq? You know, like, <laughs> it's a lot of ink. Yeah. Or a lot of stuff. filament. I don't know. <laughs> nice word. Use. Yeah. All right. Next one here. This one's uh, a little interesting. Uh, if and when the NBA does expand in a few years, it's expected that Seattle and Las Vegas are first in line for teams. Seattle brings back the Sonics. And, well, LeBron's interested in possibly a Vegas team. The NBA, however, acknowledged to Mark Spears at Anscape that Mexico City could be a potential NBA expansion site, too. Quote, there's no doubt that Mexico City would have to be one of the cities that would be in consideration. That's from NBA Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum telling Anscape. He noted the city already has a world-class basketball facility, and traveling is not really an issue with its location to, obviously, uh, a bunch of the western southern states and stuff like that. So, up or down? On NBA expansion in Mexico City, Trey. I think Mexico City is a good place for it. So I will go up on that as is mentioned in this story. Mexico City is the sixth largest city in the entire world. 
New York City, the biggest market in the NBA, is 41st in the world. So there's a huge, huge city right there with an NBA-ready arena. And they're already playing G League games there, the Capitans. So I kind of think, let's see how this experiment goes. They seem to have a solid fan base. And we've seen NBA teams go and play, you know, one-off games there, two-off games, that kind of stuff. So I think as long as the experiment goes well, it's a good place to be looking forward to. Um as an expansion choice, I don't necessarily think we need to expand right now. I would maybe still have uh, Mexico City behind Vegas and Seattle for choices, but I love the pitch that they're making that basically a team in Mexico City would become Mexico's team just like the Raptors are Canada's team. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Raptors and the Grizzlies debuted almost three decades ago. Three decades later, we now have incredible basketball talent coming out of Canada. You would have to imagine the same thing would happen in Mexico. So it totally makes sense, but... Let's pump the brakes a little. I don't think we need to expand quite yet. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, a lot of layers to it. Not only would it increase the level of players in Mexico, but all of Latin America, and they've done that with uh, the Capitans. They've put a lot of Latin American players on the team, along with guys like Jaleel Okafor and and a lot of uh, American talent, Mason Jones. Uh, It is a, a great opportunity. We know the NBA, having covered it for so long, always looking at international opportunities. And uh, they were down there looking at the prospects of putting the G League team in there and Eduardo Nahara leading the, the way down there as uh, you know the Mexican players play the most minutes and being a part of this endeavor said, well, let's get a team down here. And they said, ding, yeah, that's just, the light bulbs went off. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not that far. I was Googling flight times from that's all not- over uh, – about 345 from here from Atlanta where we are right now there's uh, yeah it's not it's not crazy far for for a lot of places uh, I I will say there'll probably be a reluctance for players to go there at first I think S- some players what do you think for safety reasons that That's they part. think well I think I think just the fir- first players were reluctant to go to Toronto in Canada because it's a quote-unquote other country. Yeah, yeah. But this is a, a country where English isn't the primary language. I think that would be a bit of a hesitancy for, for players. I think that would be somewhat of an issue, uh, but it's it's the Capitan's experiment here is important. They just started playing there, and I think you have to get some time there for players to understand that it ain't that far. <laughs> really, it, it's not that far. It's not that difficult. And yeah, just to have those players go through that, live there and, and be there and, and go through it. I, it's it's just reality, I, I think. I think there would be some reluctance. We remember the Raptors days. Antonio Davis didn't want his son learning about kilometers, speed limits and kilometers rather than yeah. miles per hour. So it takes it took people a while to a realize Toronto is a world-class city just like Mexico City I mean yeah. that might be unfortunately might be a slow play but Trey said it I mean it's a huge huge massive city it's a massive country in terms of population but they have the arena here they have the G League in place they're going to see how it goes mm-hmm. uh, location is not an issue really at all and they've proven there's some strong interest in in the league I think they're going to be playing like their 31st game here when the Heat play the Spurs in the regular season game coming up uh, over the last couple of years. Like, they've been there a while, is yeah. my point. Yeah, like yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. doing these games for a long time. And those games, like, the, you know, this last one sold out in like two or three days. So there's obviously a demand to go see NBA talent. Yeah, and as Trey said, a city with 22 million people, it should sell out all the time. <laughs> I would think so. Um, yeah. some, and, and Mark Tatum, uh, Deputy Commissioner, said 
it's an NBA ready venue. He pointed this out. It also has a helipad on the roof. I saw that. <laughs> what? Uh, this was a fascinating article on Anscape. I would like to know why he pointed that out. What does it matter? Get uh, to the game very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Beat traffic easily. Uh, Good point. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, there are some, probably some traffic issues in a, 22, a city with 22 million people. <laughs> I don't people. think so. Uh, but it has the suites and the hospitality areas that every arena needs yeah. in today's NBA, uh, according to Mark Tatum. And Trey brings up a good point about Vegas, Seattle. I've never really wanted to dilute the talent in the NBA even more by putting two teams on in into the mix, but it feels like you can now. It feels like we could fill a couple talent. Yeah, yeah, we could fill a couple more teams. Probably, probably at some point. Look, Seattle has to be first in line for expansion. I I think most people agree with that. And then it comes down to like, yeah, do you think net uh, Vegas should be ahead of a Mexico city or some other team in the States? That's uh, that's up to you to decide people pointing out the stream team. Fascinated to see if the uh, Capitans uh, and this G league team in Mexico city, if they have a huge home court advantage Hmm. playing at some 2000 feet above Denver's altitude, that Mexico city is way above the sea level. Like it, it's like seventy five hundred feet or something. Um, yeah, it wasn't one of the players. It may have been Julia Locafort. Somebody was sitting out because he was having difficulty yeah, dealing with yeah. uh, the altitude. So that that's uh, you know fair. I mean that is that's real. But and the, you have to see how it deals. They do have sports there. They do have sports <laughs> leagues. <laughs> have so so it's Absolutely. different. It would be different. But uh, yeah, home court advantage. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm ultimately I'm up on it. Because I really want to go to Mexico City, and this would uh, very encourage me to go even more. Didn't you want to go to an F1 race? Was that uh, a, Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, Graydon talks very fondly of Mexico City. He says it's amazing. Food sure alone. It is. I mean, oh, Jesus. So, yeah, get a team there. I Let's remember go. our man Carlos in the Turner Studios was talking right, about right, it. Right. I'd love to be there. What about the disrespect to the Vancouver area? What about the Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, a new yeah. documentary on that, The Grizzly Truth. Yeah? That's not on HBO yet, but it should be. Yeah, yeah. What's it on? I don't know. Okay. I think it just like okay. uh, they just had it at a film sure, uh, sure, show. Sure, sure. What, what's a film festival? Festival. Tiff. Thank you. Yeah, not TIFF, but it was a uh... VIF. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch it. But it's, it's basically about Stu Jackson shit in the bed, and that uh, it, it should have obviously succeeded. Yeah. So it was poor I, ownership. I know it's not it's not Seattle in terms of history, but they made mistakes. Yeah, and. If Vancouver wants one, if they want one, if there's a an ownership group that wants one, right, why right. shouldn't they get one? Yeah, I guess the, the it's the weird part is like we got to get one in Seattle first, and it's so close. Like that's a pretty close location wise. Does it matter the two different countries? Probably not, but I don't know. They're right there, a couple hours away. Well, okay. Well. <laughs> Vegas is also. I mean, it's well, not it's close. Not three, it's not two or three hours away. Is my point. What's the difference? I don't get it. Well, you're well. I guess you put a team back in Seattle. You're gonna have a hell of a lot of people coming down from Vancouver to maybe support the team as well. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna dilute it too much if you put them two at the exact same time? I don't, well, know. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> We're not urban about. planners. I don't know how high the sea level is in Mexico City. I'm guessing. I'm believing people that I don't know in the street. <laughs> I'm taking them as fact. This could be fake news for all I know. No, it's very high. I do know that. No, uh, sea level in Mexico City is the same as anywhere else. It's how high above sea level. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Grizzly Truth is coming to streaming platforms in 2023. It's from our guy Jerome. Nice. You I just bu- went. I think you just went and saw it. Yep. So theatrical releases are coming. Okay. Cool. Okay. Next one. On the latest episode of his Please Don't Aggregate This podcast, whoops, <laughs> uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, he discussed trade possibilities surrounding uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. 
despite his recent extension with the Pistons, and two of the teams that Fisher mentioned as still having interest in Bogey were the Lakers and the Suns. So up or down, the question is, uh, on the Pistons, like, actively looking, I guess, to move Bogdanovich here, let's say at a trade deadline or in the immediate future, to either of those teams or another team, if you have in mind, up or down? I think it has to be a decent package. I don't think it, it's just a, hey, let's get rid of him type of guy now with the the Pistons. So as far as the from the Pistons perspective, I think you want wait it out. Somebody's going to come with a good package. As far as the Lakers go, they got What do you want in that package? Are you just talking a pick or like a, a young yeah, a prospect? A nice a nice a nice pick. Okay. Not just a not nice pick. Not just a uh, okay pick. Yeah, I'm look, I'm looking for a good pick. You mean like a first round pick? I assume that's what he <laughs> okay. means. Okay. Well, well no, I would classify it further a bad team with a first round pick. Oh. Oh, oh they're not going to do it. In, in that case, I think you could get a mid pick. I think you could get a middle first round pick. But if I'm the Pistons, I'm with Tass. I would say yes, we're open to trading him, but the price is very high. Like you got to meet that price because right now, Boyan Bogdanovich is leading the Pistons in scoring. He's at 20 points per game, 50, 40, 90, basically from the field, and having zero effect on wins. So what's the point in trading him? It's not like you're going to get worse, right. and suddenly your team right. is going to be a uh, better position for Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson, but Bogdanovich also helps a team like the Lakers, like the Suns. He would fit in perfectly with those kind of teams, but just make him pay up. I doubt you're going to get a you know a pick in the teens, but if you get a pick in the 20s for a guy that you brought in for half a season, that's totally worth it. And that you didn't trade a pick for, what was it, Saban Lee? Kelly Olenek Kelly and Olenek. some cash, I think, for Bogdanovich. There. Yeah. So that's it's the timing of it. You got to strike, strike when the iron's hot here from Weaver and the Pistons side of things. If they if they want to, right. uh, to maybe get a first round pick. Yeah. What what about this? What about them? The Pistons being the team that trades for Russell Westbrook but gets a pick in return for Bogdanovich, Burks, and Nerlens Noel. Added up, I think that uh, gets you to a Westbrook type of contract. But then, instead of demanding two first-round picks in that case, you'd be asking for the one that maybe Polinka and the Lakers are more likely to do. Hmm? Yeah, listen, I, I've seen that deal going around, mm. and that's why I think the Pistons could get a good first-round pick because the Lakers could pick could be good. It's you know it's taking uh, it's taking a risk whether or not it's going to be good in twenty-seven or twenty-nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that they can trade. But the Lakers. Seemingly, will be willing to give up one pick. They don't want to give it up for. They don't want to give up two uh, for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Boyan would help them win, but they got to do it now. <laughs> yes, they, 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 right. also true. Right. They've got like, uh, this little stretch here where they're playing some bad teams, but sitting at what is it, three and eleven? Uh, they have to make or they're three and ten. Well, ten, yep. yeah, three and ten. Uh, I guess I just assume they're they'll probably lose, lose every game, every yeah. every game. But uh, they've got to trade for him right now, and it's unfortunate that. Every single tra- every guy who's on the market, we all think, oh, well, the Lakers want him? It's in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I think it, tr- it slipped into to Trey's brain earlier. We were talking about James Wiseman. You said totally. the Lakers. Oh, man, I'm tired <laughs> of it. Just make a trade. Make a trade. Are they not going to go for it? Are they just going to sit there with this roster? So it's either the Pacers or it feels like the, the Pistons. Boyan Bogdanovich would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Besides. But he's like, Bogdanovich is like, you can put him on, on almost any roster. Yeah. And you can sort of slot him in. Uh, and yeah, he's getting a lot more opportunity with a team like the Lakers, yeah. big guys, and especially shooting. But you really could see him on any roster. I could see him on the uh, excuse me on the Suns as a you know a possibility there if there's something to be worked out. 
Um, I know Fisher also talked. I mean, this isn't about Bogdanovich, but the idea of like the Bucks trying to trade for Jay, uh, Jay Crowder from the Suns, who's not going to be returning. Is that Grayson Allen or something like that? Are they swapping there? But maybe it's Bogdanovich that the Suns are more interested in. I think the Pistons would be wise, if I'm being honest, though, to if they can get a first round pick to to do that, because he's not a part of their future. And they're not winning games either. So yep. it's not like, oh, geez, they're in the play-in race here. Like, they're not going to be. It's totally fine. We talked about Cades, his development, and all the rookies getting burned and all that. But, man, if they could just flip, flip, really, which was nothing, into a first-round pick for him, that's slick GMing right there mm-hmm. if they can pull it off. And they might, the way he's playing. That's the thing. Danny's going to be angry. Danny, Danny Ainge in the Utah Jazz <laughs> didn't get a first-round pick for, for Boyan. He was happy to get Kelly Olenek, and hey, who's who's to question Danny with the way the Jazz are playing? They're balling. But uh, is there another GM in the league that we call by his first name more than Danny Ainge? Masai. Ooh, it's a good one. Good counter. But we don't say it nearly as much as yeah. Danny. Danny. <laughs> Danny. It's always I love Danny. saying Danny. No, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. Brad Stevens. Daryl. We <laughs> Troy Weaver. No, 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 no. no, but what about Bogdan Bogdanovich? Also an option. Yeah. Sure. We've discussed five Williams on the teams. What would be amazing if you get five Bogdanoviches on a team? Good luck. Keep dreaming, man. Keep dreaming. (laughs) I'm dreaming about that one day. (laughs) All right, final one here. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday, but the Sacramento Kings, they do have a light, uh, or they light up, excuse me, a purple beam outside the Golden One Center every time the team wins a game. I wanted to show you guys this. Uh, It's the Kings victory beam. Um, It was announced and debuted on 9-16 day as a way for the team to increase fan engagement and further deepen the connection to the city. They do this for uh, home and uh, road wins. So they light that up. I guess it's four purple laser beams shooting up into the sky. Are you up or down on the King's victory beam? <laughs> Trey Kirby. I'm up, baby. Yeah, I like this. Fire the beam. What do they say? <laughs> well, well, like, what do they Herder say? Herder has come up here? with, we're the beam team. I like that. I, I do mean, like the beam team. Right? Beam it. I like. I don't know what you say, but it is a cool thing to energize the city. You know, beam it up, <laughs> beam, beam it up. <laughs> when you're putting on sunscreen, you say cream it up. But when you win a game in Sacramento, you say beam it up. The Cubs uh, fly a W flag yep. over Wrigley Field when they win a game. They've been doing that for a hundred years. They've flown the flag about a hundred times. Uh, but the Kings, I think this could work. It's cool. It looks awesome, and you know, firing a light into the sky. <laughs> It's light pollution, but it's okay. It's okay, okay. yeah. Yeah. A pilot maybe is down on this, but I'm all right with it. Uh, What do you think? I think, uh, don't the angels do something in baseball, like a halo or something? They light? I think they light something, too, after a win. I don't know. If they get Trey Turner, they're going to be lighting it up, that's for sure. That's right. I I don't know. I don't know about the angels, but you said there's four beams coming together. I think it's four beams, yeah. That's a pretty powerful looking light. Yeah, it looks like one. That looks photoshopped to me, but that's real. It does look like a lightsaber. You know, like it looks like extremely powerful. So like yes, it? I love it. Yeah. I love it. How far away can you see it? That's like I'd be interested to know that. I don't know, but they're from probably all the way from the gaining, Cow Palace, yeah, from oh. Mexico <laughs> City, probably. What do you think? It? Oh, this is like yeah. The Kings are like, it was like the Braves games way back in the day, airing all across the states. So a lot of people that live in like you know Illinois are Braves fans. That's Trey right, Kirby, that's right, perfect yeah. example. This is them thinking like next gal this is a galaxy brain thinking here the rest of the universe the rest of the galaxy subliminally turning them into king's fans when they show up to earth (laughs) that they will have a team 
What do you think? I'm high as shit. What do you think? Man tried CBD gummies for the first time. He's going crazy. I think that's what they're doing. You were right though. They gotta get. They gotta get the alien. They gotta get Wembenyama. Oh no, that'd be cool. He's probably taller than the beam. <laughs> uh, sorry, you're about to say something. Yeah, Anaheim Angels do light yeah. up their halo yeah. on their big A, which gave rise to the catchphrase "Light that baby up." Ah, oh, so go. you're gonna have to come up with a catchphrase, Kings. Beam me up. I mean, beam team's good. Hashtag beam, beam team is team. great. Yeah. Light the beam. Fire the lasers! <laughs> Do that. Oh, oh they're breaking tees. Already got lasers. a t-shirt for this. I don't know if you can buy this yet. Okay, fire the lasers is pretty good, yeah, actually. There it is. The victory beam. <laughs> All right. Just keep winning, Kings. We want to see the beam, baby. The full beam. Instead of full beans. <laughs> full beams. Go 82 and 0. Let's hear from everybody out there. Up or down on all five of those questions. We've got to take one more break. When we come back, pick them results and tweet of the night. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey, guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, back here in the Classic Factory, uh, Melvin, not Marvin the Martian, uh, agrees with my theory that the Kings and their beam are trying to recruit aliens to be Uh, NBA fans because he says uh, aliens are going to be coming to Earth wearing Doug Christie and Scott Pollard jerseys. And then Coyote Jester here in the stream team uh, says, just get Scott Pollard to have something to do with lighting the beam so you can say, beam me up, Scotty. I love it. That's great. Call him up. Uh, Put him on the roof. Also, Jules Evelyn chimes in with Sim Simara. Who got the keys to my beam? Let's hope they they don't lose the keys to lighting the beam. They are at home, I think, uh, giving the honor to, like, probably a Scott Pollard or, like, somebody from the the Kings organization to light it up. So I wonder – I haven't seen how they do it. Do they do, like, a (laughs) – you know, that would be fun. That would be awesome. I haven't seen that part. Like a game ball. Like, whoever has yeah. the best game gets to light the beam. I, I love like this. That. I'm yeah. all in on this idea. This is fantastic. I think they have to make up a way to light the beam. Like because f- uh, because otherwise it's boring. It's probably just pushing a button. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you got to totally fabric. <laughs> Put the clapper on it. Just lights up. <laughs> uh, all right, pick them results from last night. Oh, Tassie, my man. 
you took the Toronto Raptors. Well, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, because you're a Raptors fan. Yeah, as I'm you should. from there. But <laughs> uh, they so won. Don't go there. They won, but they did not cover. And uh, you are continuing to struggle here in the month of November. You're two and seven. Yes. TK and I, we took Detroit to cover because they had some points to play with. Uh, they lost by what four in the end, but. They were plus five and a half dogs. So another win for you and me, TK. I'm seven and two. You're five and four. What's tonight's game? It's like five games on tonight. Yeah, it felt like a win for me anyway. The, <laughs> the Raps getting the job done. But yeah, five games this evening. Some good ones. Clippers rested. Paul George going up against the Dallas Mavericks. Knicks, Jazz, Blazers, Spurs, and then the TNT doubleheader. Grizzlies, Pelicans, a juicy one. It wasn't on the board when I was looking last. Or this morning, I should say. Uh, but then the Nets and the Kings was on the board. Oh, light it up! Here's the beamer. I knew you guys would be taking the Kings. Oh, so yeah. excited I for the beamer. I love laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I took the Nets. We'll see what happens. All right. Wow. Small, small line here. Kings favored by one and a half. Got to yeah. win by two points or more. TK, it's working for us. Sticking together, man. We're rolling. Uh, that's exactly why I picked it. I was like, <laughs> sorry, Tass. I'm fading right I know, now. So fading right I. now. Like that beam. I didn't beam even. Up, I saw Tass had Brooklyn. I put immediately the opposite team. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, when you're cold, you're cold. I've been there. So, uh, yeah, we got the Kings and the beams going up tonight. All right. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet, uh. tweet of the night, only kind of a tweet. Luckily, I did see some of these tweets going around uh, last night and today, but it was a run TMC takeover in Golden State last night for their game against the Spurs. So they had Tim, Mitch, and Chris on the call, and Tom Tolbert working the sidelines. Um, and when he got to doing his sideline interviews, interviewing the coaches, he had one very specific question to ask them. Here's what he asked Greg Popovich. What's your favorite animal? A sea otter. Big fan when they roll themselves up in kelp. How about when they get the stone out and knock that shell in the stone? That's the best part. It stays right on their belly. Yeah. It's amazing. That's how I eat my dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Big fan of when they roll themselves up in kelp. <laughs> that's a fascinating that's, response. That's the only time that question has ever been. <laughs> but honestly, shout out to Tom Tolbert for having a sea otter fact just chambered. Yeah. yeah. Like, he just knows they roll themselves up in kelp. Uh, so, yeah, that was funny. Um, that was dur- uh, between the first and second quarter. Okay. You interview the road coach. During, in between the third quarter and the fourth quarter, he interviewed the home coach. So later on, Tom Tolbert was asking Steve Kerr. He started out with a basketball question, and Steve Kerr was upset. He's like, you're asking me a basketball question? <laughs> so then, of course, he asked him about his favorite animal. What's your favorite animal? My uh, English cream uh, retriever, Lulu. Not even close. Okay, other than your pet. Oh, just oh, like dogs, dogs. I'm a dog guy. <laughs> He's a dog guy. Tolbert's pissed. That's a brutal answer. He can't say pet dogs. <laughs> He's furious. Other he than your dog. pet. So I guess, did Kerr know that Popovich got asked a random question? Must have. Like, must That's have seen it at halftime. That they do that. Maybe. You gotta see or just clip. like he knows Tolbert's Tolbert? a so crazy well, zany guy. Talking about, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tolbert likes to ask about animals. It's his thing. I mean, it was It was a. It was a... A chunky lead. Yeah. <laughs> it was a chunky lead at halftime, so maybe they watched the clip. You know, somebody pulled Steve Kerr over. You got to see this. Sea otters wrapped got... in kelp. <laughs> yeah, sea otters is a really favorite. good answer. That was I'm, a great answer. I'm almost answer. disappointed I have that sea otters t-shirt that I sometimes oh. wear. I wish I wore it today. Would you say a sea otter is your favorite animal? 
I don't think my favorite, but I do find them very playful and very uh, cute, and they're smart. And and yeah. of course, you love it when they wrap themselves up in kelp. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when they use a little, yeah. they use a rock to use the the clam food on. on their belly. Yeah, yeah. I I my it. dinner. So many different types of otters out there. A sea otter. Why isn't it just an otter? But there's river otters. There's mm. land otters. There's, there's land otters. I guess. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's what it Air says otters. On Air otters. Yeah. Watch Space otters. Space <laughs> otters. <laughs> Space Odyssey. They're coming here. They're coming here to be Kings fans. All those otters. Wow. Space Otters. That's good. A David Bowie cover band, but they're all wearing otter costumes. Brilliant. All right. Uh, let's call it there. That's a fun tweet of the night. Yeah. I know some people are saying in the stream team uh, about uh, – the broadcast TMC there on the call. I feel like we might see them in Worst of the Week, uh, possibly a little bit yeah. later for uh, some unfortunate word choice there from one of them. We'll get to that on Friday. Okay, later today, no buffs with Trey and Graydon. No, what happened? No breaks. <laughs> Why did we name all the shows the exact fucking same thing is what I want to know. No buns, no buffs, no breaks. No chance at getting it right. Uh, no breaks. The F1 podcast with Trey and Graydon breaking down the Brazilian GP. I got worried for a second that you guys like, got pushed it or something, but I did say no buffs. It's in my notes. I wrote it down. I got Survivor on the brain. I think we're getting a banger of a Survivor episode this week. Big up. Two Big up. Outs. Two people going home. Two votes going to be a lot to talk about. But that's on Thursday when we do that show. No breaks coming up later today. It's on YouTube feed. It's on podcast feed. And man, the fallout from this Brazilian GP. Oh boy. I can't wait to hear you guys break this down. So... Something to look forward to a little bit later today. Thank you so much to everybody joining us here live in the stream team. Hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't shared the show. Send in your questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We could hit the beach tomorrow, answer a few cues. Not a lot of games on tonight. Mm-hmm. Might That's be a possible. great idea. So get your cues in. You still got a little bit of time. Uh, until tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Wow. Don't ask us about how many species of dolphins there are. I, I can't believe this. <laughs> guess how many types of dolphins there are. Species of dolphins. It's going to be high because I said guess how many. 45? Yeah. How'd you know? 42. Between, <laughs> four, <laughs> between 40 and 50. Like, how many is it? If you don't know, then you don't know. Is it 40 or is it 45? We can't just well, make yeah. things yeah, these yeah. things up. Anyways, there's a lot of species of dolphins and i i see someone in the stream team saying a land otter is just a weasel maybe so <laughs> maybe so the vancouver the vancouver otters uh is that a team it might be a baseball team like a minor league baseball team i don't know well that's a good question <laughs> we'll Tom answer Tolbert, it tomorrow uh what's your favorite animal before we go here <laughs> oh that's a loaded question. <laughs> you want to answer tomorrow? Off the top <laughs> of the tomorrow's show. Oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to think about this. I'm going to say alongside me as always tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. T- Tass Fellas. And then, I'll say uh, my favorite and, animal. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> Race the day, people. What a tease. <laughs>
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.